welcome everyone. I am so thrilled that you have tuned in to episode two of our joint venture with our studio on the Shiny Developer Series webinar series. Um, we are very excited um, to have our special guest, uh, Colin Fay, join us for this session, where we are going to talk about the new Golem package and his take on effective Shiny development methods. So I'm also joined by Curtis Kephart, who is, of course, our, our studio's uh, community manager. And he is going to be helping us um, assist with flagging questions. And I do want to make sure all of you are aware that we will have a time for Q&A and that if you would like to have your question, um, please uh, please chime that in in the question box. But um, without further ado, um, we will go ahead and get started. So as I mentioned, our special guest for this webinar is Colin Fay. And Colin, can you confirm that you can hear us? Hello, can you hear me? I uh, sure can. can. Me? Okay. Yes, Perfect. absolutely. So I want to start off with having you tell our listeners a bit about your background and how you um, how your journey to R and Shiny began. And also if you could share with us some details about the, the organization you work work for called ThinkR and some of the services that that company offers. So please take it away. Okay, so my name is Colin uh, and uh, I work in a company named ThinkR and what we do is everything R related. So we do R training from beginner to expert and we do everything around R, but mainly everything about putting R into production. So it can be like putting a package, creating a package, creating, you know, tools around R. And so most of all, we are doing shiny apps and like putting shiny apps into production. So building tools uh, around R and creating shiny apps and putting then shiny apps into production. So everything around putting this into production that includes, you know, servers and, you know, everything about software engineering and like CI, continuous delivery, continuous integration and everything. So that's why I'm here today to talk about Shiny. Yes, we are We are both big fans of Shiny. And um, I actually had the pleasure of meeting you in person at the recent RStudio conference. Um, we definitely connect on a lot of ideas that we both have a lot of uh, common messages we've been trying to uh, get out in the community. And yes, I have a lot to, to talk with you about in this webinar. Um, so I think the first place I want to explore is, I mentioned that at the beginning, um, you and your group have been working on a really awesome new package called Golem, which uh, from, I'll just say a brief piece of it from my understanding, is that it's meant to help uh, developers of a Shiny app help put tools around putting that into production more easily or having it scale up to a quote big application. But maybe you could start telling our listeners um, a little bit about Golem at a high level and its vision and what kind of goals or problems are you trying to solve with Golem? Okay, so yeah, the, the backstory with Golem is that we are doing a lot of big shiny applications and we needed a tool to, you know, not reinvent the wheel every time we start a new app. So the idea is that you create an application, you like have some tool, you write some functions, some utilitary functions, and um, 
there are also a lot of things that are quite hard to remember. You know, it's like, how can I write a JavaScript handler? What is the good structure for writing a module? What other functions I can use and reuse and everything? And how can we like capitalize on this knowledge we are building every time we build a new application and just like putting this into one place? Um, making a tool a, fr a framework which is um, useful for us for not missing any step when we are trying to build uh, an application from production so having a foundation um, for building a robust application ready for production so in a sense i like to think about it about the use this for shiny apps so the good thing with use this is that you are creating a package and you have all these functions that are used to automate things so you don't have to think about them so you just use this function from use this and you know set the set the license set the dependencies everywhere on everything so that was the first idea to build our own use this for shiny apps um, I think it makes sense to us and to everybody think of that it had to be uh, had to be open sourced so we can share we could share these good practices and um, you know make available these tools we are building internally. So the idea, the big idea behind Golem is that a shiny app is a package. So why a package? Because traditionally you are developing an application as an app.r or server ui and global.r but when you think about it what is needed for a prod ready shiny app you have you have to put metadata because you have to know who is behind your app uh, who to contact to complain if something goes wrong where to report bugs and then a big shiny app means you have to divide things in functions. So you have to create several uh, files with functions in them. And then you have to test everything. So you have to write test also. And of course, you have to deal with dependencies. Because if you are sending an application to your IT department and just they are just calling you saying, hey, it says can't find function shiny. What should I do? Oh, you have to do library shiny. Oh, but it's not installed. How should I do? And everything. So you have to send them something that they can install straight away. And also it has to be documented because a big shiny app means that maybe you're not the only one working on it. And maybe someone in six months will come and take over the production. So basically all these ideas metadata, functions, tests, dependencies, and documentation. It's basically a package. You know, it exists already in R. So we didn't need to reinvent anything. Everything was there, like a package as everything needed to build a production-ready Shiny app. So this is one, the one big idea behind Golem. And um, the other idea is that it helps to split your Shiny app into modules. So it's built upon uh, Shiny modules. Um, why do we think this is a, uh, a good idea? Because I, I listened recently to a podcast uh, and uh, with 
Charity Matures, which is a, a software engineer, and she said, we had this tool to help us deal with uh, the cliff of complexity. And I think this is something every shiny developers building, uh, building a shiny app meets as, uh, at some point. This idea of the cliff of complexity, meaning that it starts to be impossible to understand the full application. And it's very hard to resume, to think about the whole application in just one go and just splitting shiny application in, and uh, build build it with uh, shiny modules is a tool that helps us you know think about the small parts of the application instead of just having to think about these tens of thousands of lines of code just like working on these little shiny modules helps us work on big shiny app and that's it that's the big idea behind golem and just shiny app as a package and using modules and having a tool to collaborate and have a standardized process inside our company for building and deploying apps and we hope it can become a standardized process for everyone so just sharing good practices and if I think that putting this in common and putting this in the open just help just helps everybody you know do a better job and build better shiny apps so everybody's winning from you know working with the same standardized process so I think it was a good choice to open source this tool so that's a big story behind Golem and just for if you're asking about the name, why is it named Golem? Because it's, the idea is that we are giving you robust foundation and you just have to do your magic to make it come alive. Well said. I, there is a lot of great insights in that description that I'd love to unpack and we may not get to all of it today. Um, but I think the fundamental concept that I personally have had a little difficulty with when I work with other um, maybe not so experienced shiny developers is the fact that having the resources or the workflow that when you write an R package, that forces you, and it may, may seem like forcing initially, but then it becomes a good thing, being transparent about documenting your functions, which in the case of a shiny app pertains a lot to modules where your, your um, functions and goal to quickly get a module up and running. That to me is one of the biggest and best features of all, because I think what some people that maybe are new to Shiny don't quite grasp initially is that yes, modules, one of the big pieces of modules was that you could use that same UI or server processing in multiple times in your app with simply just doing a different namespace for each of those calls. But yeah. I think even if you only use that module once, it's still important for you to invest in that, especially when you go from the stage of a, what I'll put in quotes, a toy application that maybe does one thing to show maybe a capability for further evaluation. When you wanna put that into production, put a rigor around that, I think Golem is probably one of the best um, frameworks out there that's putting modules front and center. So obviously, thumbs up for me on that part alone. Um, <laughs> 
So as as you were talking about the ideas behind Golem, I as I as I hear it, I'm wondering, would you consider Golem meant for somebody that already has a bit of experience with Shiny, maybe good or maybe even bad experiences with Shiny, and they start to understand some of the issues that Golem is solving? Or would you even recommend Golem to those that are new to Shiny right away? Where do you think they should put that in their workflow? I've, I think everybody can use it, um, especially if you just like starting Shiny today. I mean, you can start by learning the traditional way, the one which is described in all the RCD documentation, or you can just start with Golem. You know, you have to start somewhere, but it might be slightly harder because you are working in a package. So if you know how to build a package, it's going to be very easy to start with Golem because you're basically building a, building a package with a Shiny app in it. And I think the, I hope the documentation is explanatory enough just for you to start and that you've got all these scripts that are you just have to follow a precise workflow and everything is documented. So I think you can start building Shiny apps straight away. You can start with Golem, even if you have no experience with Shiny, because when you start, the first thing you're going to do is create a UI and create a server. And you can do that inside a Golem without building any modules, you know, so Files are there, they explain step by step what you have to do. And if you just want to build a, um, a classic Shiny app with uh, a UI and a server file, you can do it straight away in uh, in Golem. You don't have to use modules. I, I know modules can be a little bit complicated to understand at first, but you don't have to know modules to use Golem. You can just write classical Shiny apps without any modules uh, with Golem. So I think if you have to start today to learn Shiny, you can start straight away with, with Golem. You know, it's all right. I think if you are learning something, whatever, whatever this thing is, you can start with the newest things. You know, if you are learning JavaScript today, you're going to learn like the modern way to do it. You're not going to learn the old school way to do it. If you have, if you have the resources which are there to learn something, you can do it. So yeah, the only thing you need to know more or less is how to build a package. So yeah, you can start with Golem. That that's great advice. I think the the key points I'm taking away from that is you don't necessarily have to use everything Golem offers in your app yeah, sure. the first time you go through it. You just get used to it and also fundamentally understand the concepts of building a package, which your analogy of Golem being a variant of use this for Shiny development, I think that's an excellent analogy because things like use this and, and DevTools by proxy have made developing packages a lot more accessible for those in the general R community. So I think yeah. those are really excellent insights on, on the way Golem can be positioned for that. Um, so one part that Golem is obviously is, is a, a one piece of this uh, overall effort that you've been 
personally working on a new uh, shiny online book about building big shiny apps, yeah. a workflow, and we'll definitely put a link to that when we put the recording out um, after the webinar. Um, but one of the concepts you mentioned there that I don't think was mentioned much before is that it's very important to align on your application's user interface before going too much further in the overall development. And that was something that me personally was not the best at following in my <laughs> earlier uh, development. So what what general advice might you have for our, our audience members that are developing Shiny apps to construct these user interfaces that strike a good balance between complexity, but yet intuitive functionality for the, the application's customers in the long run? So if you think about it, there are like two contexts where people are going to use Shiny apps. It's like either as a professional tool or just for fun. But in both of these contexts, people want the, want the app to be usable and easily usable. You know, if you are using this app for work, you don't want to lose time figuring out how to use the app. You don't. You just want to do your job with it. And if you are just using it for fun, you have to understand in a matter of seconds how to use the app, or you're just going to stop using it. So I think the most important advice from the UI and user experience community, if you read resources about it, is that I, I like this KISS principle, which is the keep it simple, stupid uh, principle. And, and another book, which uh, I think I'll talk about again later, is the don't make me think uh, concept. It's that if you have to build an app tomorrow, you're just like, you're going to want, you're going to want to put a lot of things in it, a lot of, uh, lot of texts, lots of buttons, lots of reactivity and interactivity in it. But I think a good app is an app that you can understand in, I don't know, straight away. If you can understand straight away what the app does, it's a success. So when you are building the app, yeah, you are. You will want to put a lot of things, a lot of features in it. You're gonna want things to be interactive. You're gonna want, you know, things to respond to each other. But it can get complex for people using the app behind it. So balancing complexity with intuitive functionalities is a complex task. But you have to aim for the simplest thing possible. So it has to be easy because. You know, using an application in a professional context, people don't care about fancy effects and everything. They just want something that works. If you think about all the tools you can use, like, I don't know, you use Slack or things like that. Slack is a web application, just like a shiny application, you know? Slack is successful because it's very easy to use, you know? And it works because it's easy to understand. It's easy to, you know, you open the app and it works and you know how to use it. And this is one big advice about designing UI I would I would have is that keeping things simple and just not putting that much features, that much text, that much things in it, just keeping things simple. 
Yeah, that's excellent advice. Um, I'll just mention before I go further, if any of you online would like to ask a question, feel free to send that in, in, the, in the chat and we'll be sure to take a look at that or the, the question panel. Um, so yeah, somewhat transitioning. Um, I, I know learning from you a bit already, you definitely have some really nice experience in not just with Shiny development, I've seen some of the packages you've made that are definitely more of a overall web kind of UI or maybe wrapping a framework, a, a web interface or web framework, like I said. Um, now me personally, when I got into Shiny, I had had absolutely no training on things like CSS, JavaScript, the, those kind of frameworks. Um, I guess from your perspective, um, do you think it's still, while Shiny itself lets you, of course, create a nice web application with just our code, do you still feel it, or do you think it's worthwhile for a Shiny developer to still invest some time in getting maybe up to speed or getting some skills developed with like web design, app design principles or frameworks like CSS or JavaScript? Do you think that's still worthwhile from your experience? Yeah, of, of course, because uh, it's a little bit provocative to say that, but if your UI and your user experience is bad, your application is bad. You know, you can have craziest backend if your front is bad, the application is bad. Because if people don't like to use your app and don't know how to use your app, if they don't figure out how to use, then it doesn't matter how good your backend is. You know, because they, they're not going to be using it after all. So I think there are two concepts in user interface and user experience that are really important in web development. The first one is one we forgot a lot is the question of accessibility. So accessibility is a very broad concept, a very known concept in web development about the fact that a user interface has to be usable for a broad audience. And a broad audience mean people who have visual disabilities or mobility disabilities. You know, maybe people are using a screen reader. You know, people who are blind and want to use your app. You are building a shiny application for a company and someone in the company is blind and is using a screen reader. So a screen reader is a tool that lets you, when you're blind, you have a keyboard or something in Braille, and it's just na navigating through the page and helping people who are blind just to navigate through your application. And it's a tech converting, you know, what's on the screen to speech. So people can learn what it's like, so can understand it's like, here is a picture of someone doing this. People are not using mouse, so they are using a keyboard, or maybe if you think of someone who are, have a Parkinson, you know, just think about how much it costs to someone who has Parkinson to move from his keyboard to his mouse. So this is an important context, con con uh, an important things uh, to have in mind because you have to use things like alternate text for image so if you are putting an image uh, screen readers are able to read this image through alternate text and there are a lot of things like semantic markup for html 
Um, it makes your application friendly for people who are blind or who have you know, disabilities. So the concept of accessibility is very important on one end. And on the other end is simply the UI. So simply, simply. The, so you have the accessibility and you have the UI. Um, I might be wrong, but I feel like most shiny developers don't really care about the UI. They're just focused on the backend. But if you think about it, a shiny is just for the end user. It's just another web application. And in any web application, the UI is crucial. So yeah, definitely shiny, shiny dev need to invest time to learn that and not only for um, not only for your user but you know also to stay competitive with other languages if you think about what you're doing on the web like if you are navigating on a web there is there are no websites which look like any other website you know but think about stack overflow and github for example it's just basically the same thing. You have something on the left, you have a nav bar on the top, you have your timeline, and you have something on the right, right? Twitter is the same. But every time you go to this website, you know you are on this website. And if you, it, it's because people building this application, these web applications have thought about the UI and have invested a lot in the UI and in the user experience. And if you want R to be recognized as a production language and as something that can build application for production, we have to think about this thing. Because, you know, if I build a shiny dashboard, it, it's going to look like another shiny dashboard, you know, if I just use the, the, default, the default library. So I think we need, if we want to stay competitive with these other languages. And because of that, and also the end user uh, don't care that it's written in R. The shiny app be being written in R is no excuse for the app being slow or looking the same as another app. The end user, they don't care if it's written in R, they just want to have an app that works. And an app that works, it's an app that they can use, that works, that is uh, user-friendly and things like that. So. This is why I like to insist on the importance of user experience and like designing user interface because this is what is going to make Shiny competitive on the long run. You know, if you compare it to things built in Python or things built in JavaScript and, you know, just building good production ready and good user friendly apps. Yeah, that's really great advice. And actually, it already kind of answers what I was going to and uh, my series of questions with is that we often think about Shiny from the developer perspective and a lot of the materials out there. Um, like you said, there will be some developers that aren't thinking about what the customer or of the app is going to see. It's more about, oh, I just got to get it back and working and get something out there. Um, I think what you what you said really uh, strikes a chord with me is that most of your customers could care less whether it's an R Shiny app or a Python Flask or any other JavaScript say application. 
it's more about is the application functioning the way that it needs to function and that the user has a good experience with using it. Um, I think that is something that probably needs to be uh, mentioned more often, but hopefully you know, people listening to this will, will take away that. And I, in the beginning, yes, I was pretty upfront with the people I was working with that, you know, this was all done in R, this is amazing. <laughs> And, and let's be clear, this is still amazing. Don't get me wrong. That's why I'm doing this series <laughs> in the first place. But I think it's at the same time recognizing your audience that if you have requirements that you need to meet, yeah, it, it's great that you're doing an R, but at, at the same time, you got to just think from their perspective, they don't care that you had to maybe tap into another package to do the PowerPoint generation or something like that. There's lots of things that they may not necessarily care about but um, as long as you put that experience up front first in your development i think then you set yourself up for success as you put these applications into production and also maybe you have to transition this app to someone else then they're set up for success because already there was a lot of thought put into those concepts so that's 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 great advice um and then, yeah, there's one little one I'll, I'll end with on my portion is that do you, what are some characteristics or ideas you think um, developers should be aware of where, yes, you and I are both very passionate about Shiny, but are there situations you think developers should be aware of where maybe Shiny may not be the best fit for a given project? Any, any thoughts on that? Yeah, I, I think most of people it's like we want a shiny app, but maybe sometime what they need is just a markdown or a report or things like this. You know, if you have like strictly speaking reporting, like if you have, if you need the data from last week, you don't want to have to log into your app, select a date, uh, move some parameters and get a report you want the report for this week you know and if you don't need to explore the data in a way if you don't need to play around with the data and move things around maybe shiny is not the best fit for that maybe you what you just need is a markdown and yeah this is something which i also do tell our clients just like maybe you don't need a shiny app for that maybe what you need is just a report and something that you can run like regularly and things like that or maybe what you want is not a shiny app but maybe you need a package maybe you need an add-in to do something and people come and just like they've heard that shiny is the new big thing in r and they're like okay we need to we need to have our own shiny app but it's important to you know think about why you need shiny app. Why, what do you need to have? What information do you need? Do you really need to have something that's interactive and that you have to spend, you know, five minutes each week, like opening the application, moving around? Like maybe you just need to have something that runs and then that you receive when it's finished. Um, some people have tried to build like shiny apps that you know, you open the app and it just downloads three gigabytes of data. It doesn't make sense to me to do these kind of things because it's it takes too long. 
if you have an application that has three gigabytes of data, maybe you just need a report and just like it's gonna it's gonna run and you receive a result when it's done. But maybe you don't need that. You you don't need a shiny app for that. Maybe you just need markdown and report and everything. So yeah, it's important to remember that not everything should be a shiny app. That's excellent. And you know, it get, gets to the point of yes, we, we love this technology. I mean, I personally think Shiny has opened so many doors for me, but it's not going to be right for everything. And especially if there is a task that, like you said, in our markdown report that's deployed online could solve, by golly, it's going to be a lot simpler to produce one of those, right? So yeah. um, it, it's great to have those tools in your in your in the back of your mind as you're as you're thinking about those things. Um, so this, this has certainly been a lot of great uh, discussion that we've had thus far. Um, I'm going to do a quick scan on the on the chat here and see if any questions have been uh, flagged to us. Um, Curtis, if you're online, have there been any questions from the chat that I haven't seen? Uh, yeah, there's a couple questions. Um, do you want me to, to read them for you? you just, uh, I could pass. Them yeah, there. I'm not able to see them for some reason, so maybe you oh, go no. ahead and read them. Um, so there's a question. Um, is it hard to switch mid-production to Gollum uh, if you started without using it at the beginning? Oh. <laughs> um, technically speaking, if you have a UI and a server.r, you can just pull them into the app UI and app server functions. And if you have a, a global.r, you can split them and split it into functions. So that depends very much of the size of your work and um, the size of your application and the number of function, number of lines. But yeah, we, we had some, we received some application we have to we had to put into production and the first thing we did just like taking this big app.r and putting it into golem so it can be a little little bit of work but thing to remember is that you have to take your app and make it work as a package so it can be it can be a little bit of work but it's totally doable we, we've done we've done it several times and yeah there is no problem doing it it just a little bit of work, but it's worth worth doing it. That might be a, a good uh, a guide to develop afterwards. <laughs> um, oh yeah. The or you know just best practices for that transition. Um, uh, here's another question. Um, also, you know, just as a reminder to the audience, uh, feel free to ask your questions. Um, uh, here, here's another one um, for Colin. Do, do you use Packrat along with our environment? Uh, excuse me, Packrat or our environment along Gollum when building a Shiny app uh, to version all packages used in the project? Yeah, we, can, we it, it's possible. Uh, I haven't done it yet because uh, most of the application I've deployed uh, were on Connect, so Connect Connect take care of that. And yeah, it, it's totally doable. And yeah, I so I'll chime in it. here. Uh, yeah, I'll chime in a little bit. I have now for about oh. three of them. <laughs> um, two with Packrat, one with RN. Um, I think in, in the end, it's been extremely helpful. Their Golem itself is absolutely fine with that. Um, 
I think it's we've had a couple of deployments where for one deployment I have to use Packrat and make sure all the sources of the package Packrat library are committed to the repo so that it gets those resources correctly. Our end is definitely one to watch for. I think that's making that workflow a lot easier. It's still early in development, but um, I'm really looking forward to that becoming uh, released on CRAN soon. But yeah, absolutely, um, Packrat and, and our end have been very helpful in my uh, Golem apps that I've made thus far. Cool, I think that's it for the questions from the audience so far. Great, great. Um, so yeah, with the uh, few minutes we have left, Colin, um, did you wanna leave our, our listeners with any um, takeaways or links to more resources? And again, we'll put actual links in the, in the show notes for this episode, but maybe give us uh, some takeaways you'd like the listeners to have. Okay, so if, uh, if I had to recommend like books about uh, building UI, uh, I've been reading an, an online book called Refactoring UI lately, which is quite good. But yeah, the Don't Make Me Think book by Steve Krug is really, really good about like how to build easy to use and user-friendly UI. And there is also this book called The Design of Everyday Things. And if you want to learn basic, you know, HTML, CSS, and accessibility and things like that, there is this website called freecodecamp.org, which is basically an interactive, you know, introduction to HTML, accessibility, responsive uh, web pages. Um, it goes deeper than with JavaScript, Node, MongoDB, and everything. But you can just take, if you know nothing about HTML and CSS and things, yeah, yeah, like accessibility and things like that, you can just take the first, the first chapter, which is, you know, web development fundamentals. And so it's just going to introduce you to what is HTML, how does CSS work, and things like that. And you know, Google, Google also has. Uh, fundamental, so it's developers.google.com, I think, with really nice introduction to fundamentals about building websites. So these are good resources. Excellent. And then we'll also, on top of those links, we'll of course have links to Golem itself and the book you've been working cool. on for building big shiny apps. I think that. I've been watching that very closely and it's already <laughs> been a huge uh, help for um, me trying to share some concepts with some of my internal colleagues um, as they cool. think about going shiny from just a quick prototype framework to we can do a real production app with this. So I'm, I'm really a big fan of that. And I'm also a big fan of both from your perspective and think ours perspective of open sourcing a lot of the tooling that you have been working on to help with your actual projects. I, that's a welcome change compared to in the past when some companies would keep all that close to the vest and we would all wonder how did they make that magical solution happen? But now we're starting <laughs> to see a bit about the talent that your group has and, and the tools you have with that. So my thanks for that personally, for sure. <laughs> thanks. Great. Um, so with the, the couple of minutes we have left, I'll just remind everybody that we do have um, a few more webinars scheduled this year. 
Um, we actually have another one in a couple of weeks. Um, we'll have sending details about that shortly. And if you want to keep up to date with the schedule, I am, we have links on the sidebar within the RStudio community portal. When you go to any post, you'll see that. Um, I also have a site, uh, shinydevseries.com, where we will put recordings of these webinars as well as more detailed screencasts or demonstrations of some of these concepts you've been hearing about in the webinars, where we will go in much greater technical detail on some of the either packages or example Shiny apps or other example concepts to really get get illustrations on what you're hearing. Um, your feedback is certainly much appreciated and we will have a post on the community portal dedicated to this episode. So if you had a question that you didn't think of until afterwards, um, please feel free to put that in, in the post and we will be watching that uh, very closely. Um, but yes, uh, Colin, I'll mention again, it has been super awesome first to meet you earlier this year and to learn from your experience on working in this space with Shiny in, in production. And this has really been a great fit to, to this audience to hear from your perspective. So again, my, my sincere thanks for, for joining this webinar. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. Um, so Curtis, did you have any other closing remarks you want to leave our listeners with? Uh, no, just thanks. Thanks a bunch for participating and look forward to seeing you at the next one. Great. Okay. We will sign off and uh, stay tuned for the next webinar shortly. All right. Thanks for tuning in, everybody.